You're listening to the Country Chat Podcast with your host, Dom. Subscribe, give a five-star rating and follow us on Twitter at country underscore chat and stay up to date. Hi there, you listen to the Country Chat Podcast with me, Dom. Today I'm going over stateside again and I'm going to Washington, D.C. Now the guest is actually from North Carolina, but he now lives in Washington, D.C., well, just on the outskirts. His name is Roger Dale. Hi, Roger. Hi, how are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm doing really, really good. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. I mean, we've been trying to organize this now for the past, what, two, three months? Yeah, I was telling my mama that yesterday. I was so excited to finally get to chat with you because we've been doing, we communicating for about two months trying to work out logistics and we finally made it happen. I mean, you're in pretty much the same boat as I am. You know, we've we've got our own jobs as well on the outside, you know, other than like doing the music side. So it's yeah. it's always difficult to try and find that work-life balance. And it makes it even worse, the fact that you're in the States and I'm here in the UK. So there's always a five-hour difference. Yeah. Can I ask what you do as a day job? Yeah, so my main job, um, I'm an attorney uh, by trade. Um, I've been practicing law for eight years now. And I'm a, um, yeah, civil rights attorney. And I specialize in um, equal employment opportunity. And so um, a majority of my career as an attorney has been um, combating employment discrimination. Um, I've worked as a plaintiff's attorney and representing the United States government. Um, And so, yeah, I love doing it. It's been my passion even before law school. Yeah. Civil rights. And um, I've always been into advocacy. So it was the perfect fit for me. That's awesome. um, That's what I... Yeah, it's what brought me to D.C. from North Carolina. Uh, uh, I graduated law school and um, I was offered an internship and I came up for the summer and fell in love with the place. And now I'm ready to leave the place. (laughs) (laughs) So growing up then, what made you decide to go into like law? Was it always like a childhood passion or was it just something that developed? No. Yeah, no, um, I never um, had a plan. You know, I never um, had a dream of becoming an attorney. You know, I went to law school with those folks. They're like, I knew when I was a little boy, I was going to be an attorney. I want to be a singer. That was my dream. (laughs) I I started singing when I was like eight. You know, messing around with a karaoke machine, and every Christmas, my mama would get me a new karaoke machine, and. Yeah, that was my thing. And uh, then around like 2021, I guess uh, I tried out for American Idol. I didn't make it. And it kind of just deflated my balloon that I thought was just going to go take me places. And uh, I don't know. In that moment, I said, well, I need to hunker down and, you know, focus on my education uh, because I had gotten into NC State, which I eventually graduated from. I loved my experience there. And while I was in NC State, uh, I was involved with the student government and uh, the Native American Student Association and kind of started seeing the need of underrepresented communities having a voice. And that's truly uh, what led me to want to go to law school. I didn't decide until my junior year of college that I was even <laughs> going to go to law school. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that like <led> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And it really it really was a culmination of uh, my passion for uh, civil service, you know, um, but also being Native American, coming from a community that's often in the United States, a silent uh, community, uh, not by choice, but we're almost forgotten. Um, It just kind of fueled the flame. And and that's kind of how 
I took uh, the approach when I got into law school was to uh, give it my all. I knew it was going to be hard, and it was, but I had a purpose, and yeah. that purpose was to be uh, a representation for not only my uh, tribe, but Native kids and, and Native uh, uh, community uh, as a whole to get more Native Americans in the legal sector yeah. so that we have a voice and we have a place at the table in our country. So, uh, that's been my passion. Yeah. And I love, I love what I, I do. I, I really, really enjoy, uh, this area of law, but I, I really am passionate about what I'm doing my music, man. I, and I'm, I'm hoping that I'm, I'm going to make a transition, but I've always been an advocate. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I mean, we all have we all have passions now. Obviously, mine's doing this podcast and radio show, and but obviously we've got to pay the bills. It's always it's, that's right. <laughs> now, music exactly. specifically when you start out in music, you know, you don't make a hell of a lot of money. You people think it's, you go in and it's like you make this one time selling fantastic single, and next thing you know, you're a multi millionaire, and that never happens. <laughs> no. What's it like then? releasing your because you've got three songs out at the moment you've got pieces carolina and struck gold yeah and i released another one last night took away my heart oh um, i've not listened to this one yet i'm gonna have to yeah it's pretty it's the i'm very proud i'm proud of all of the songs that i was able to release this year because truthfully uh don uh, a year ago i was barely believing in myself enough to write full songs because I had started writing about two years ago. And when I tell you I'm a, I, I'll toot my own horn that I'm a phenomenal legal writer. I could not write a song to <laughs> save my life. It was like Mary had a little lamb rhyming. And I said, man, ain't nobody going to take this serious. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm really inspired by Ed Sheeran. He's one of my favorite artists. And so I listened to, I think it was a TED Talk of his, and he said, for every 300 songs you write, you're only going to get a few that's even worthy of, you know, putting production behind. And I said, wow. And so I just kept, kept at it and kept that. And yeah. um, I've probably written over 200 songs now. Right. And so <laughs> Just got hundred to go. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and so I said, Well, hey, I'm not at the three like my man Ed, but uh I need to get some music out because some I wanna see if people like what I'm doing, like my voice, like the stories that I'm compelled to tell. And uh so far the response has been truly amazing and it's kinda um assuring that I'm making a good choice and investing in myself and manifesting what I believe I know I can do. I know I can make it in country music, but it just took that, that extra umph, like, yeah, give it a chance. And I think as an independent artist, it has been difficult, especially with COVID because I had a lot of gigs that I had lined up that would help pay for the production. And like you said, it's, you don't release a song. Oh, you're an artist. Now you're making boo-boos <laughs> and money. It's actually the opposite because yeah. you have to come out of pocket a lot <laughs> before you reap any revenue. That That's it though. Exactly. I mean, it, that's the reason why we had to have these, you know, full-time jobs on the side to pay because it's not cheap, is it? To actually yeah, release a not. single. Mm-mm. It's very expensive, you know, and and you know very well, you know, because you're a subject matter expert in the music industry. One song, an album, even as an independent artist here in the States, it'll take about $7,500 to $10,000. Yeah, easy. And I'm an independent artist, so the money, honestly, comes from uh, me getting gigs. Like, I 
I've had a few private parties, COVID friendly. Yeah. Um, and I had weddings that I had booked uh, that were canceled. And so essentially all those funds were going to go into me getting these songs up and going. And when it kind of everything went kaput because COVID wanted to be an evil asshole, <laughs> I said, well, I got to think outside yeah. the box, man, because I got to get this music out. I got a third job. Yeah. For a little while this summer, um, basically doing some legal writing and um, having that opportunity is what allowed me to have the funds to go down to Nashville to record all these songs back in July. And yeah. um, I'm, I'm about to start working on my EP and I've been saving for that. And again, I've been making some sacrifices personally because I believe in this music. And so that is, as an independent artist and, and, and as a creative like yourself, people need to know that it takes time. It takes money. And so the passion is what fuels it. That's it. Exactly. Exactly that. You know, if we didn't love what we did, we wouldn't be doing it. Genuinely. That's exactly and, right. And that's, that's why I always find that independent music, you know, independent artists always bring out the most heartfelt and powerful music because we've got so yes. much more to fight for. Mm-hmm. You know, I know, yeah. I know people behind labels, they've obviously got themselves to that point where they can get signed. But mm-hmm. right now, at the start of a career, it's always the grind, it's always the fight, it's always the passion. And that's where you show mm. how much you genuinely do love what we do. Yes, that is so true. And I think, you know, uh, I've had a few friends reach out to me, uh, friends that are singers uh, and not and not in, in country music. I have a friend. She's a folk singer. Um, she does folk pop. Um, and I think she really could do some rock, but yeah. I'm trying to <laughs> encourage her to do that. Um, you know, she is a phenomenal artist and we talk frequently um, to keep each other encouraged because, again, it's not a normal environment where um, if COVID had not stricken the world, you know, we would have uh, outdoor venues where as creatives, it allows us to stretch our, our limits, right? Yeah. Like I feel that when I perform live, I'm more inclined to take a run with my voice, whereas if I'm performing inside with just like I've been doing my virtual shows, I have a tendency to think too much. Yeah. And so it is that that passion and, and kind of as a community, that's what I've been trying to do is reach out to my friends that are creatives, encourage them, share their stuff on my social media platforms as much as I can, tell people about them. Word of mouth is still free advertisement and it works it's amazing. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, go ahead. What, I was just going to say about that, you know, word of mouth is one of the best things, you know, yes, it's great to have these paid advertisements and you know, you've got to have the money to do these paid advertisements, but the word of the mouth, you know, that that's where your genuine, you know, respect within the industry comes from, particularly like, you know, you mentioned earlier, like the wedding singing and all that kind of, you know, the little parties, you know, you don't get these parties just off the cuff of stuff. You know, it's people saying, oh yeah, yeah. this guy's really good. You know, you should check out mm-hmm. this guy. And yeah, it takes a lot of work. Yeah, it does. And you know, at, at like how you um, mentioned, we have to, we're working our regular uh, daytime job, nine to five. Um, and with that, we still, we have responsibilities. And so finding the time, um, again, you have to have the passion because if you don't and you feel that you're obligated to sit down and write songs or to play your guitar, it's going to come across as such to the listener. They're not going to feel it. They're not going to connect to it emotionally. And so then it's pointless. Your work is futile. So that's what I always try to do as my, like, as an attorney, it's hella stressful. 
Um, most days it is. There's <laughs> very frequently where I'm like, today's chill. I can chill out. Yeah. Very rare. <laughs> but I always find time to unwind in that I'll stop my work day, give myself about an hour to create this, clear my mind, to have this creative outlet, this space. And then I'll jump in. Sometimes I have a purpose because, again, I'm still new to songwriting. I would say I'm a, a baby to this because I've only been doing it for two years. Um, and I'm inspired by, you know, big, again, Ed's one of my biggest inspirations. Adele is truly one of my biggest inspirations <laughs> vocally. So you Brits, love it. Yeah, the, I, love, I love the Brits, man. The Brits make you feel and make you cry and laugh and angry all in one song yeah <laughs> but he was just about to mention Carrie Underwood and oh my god yes. phenomenal boy ain't she she's amazing I, I've been a fan of Carrie since 2005 when she won American Idol yeah. and I've listened to every song I've purchased every album I finally went to one of her concerts last year and I had front, like very close Close seats. I almost felt like she was literally singing to me, and oh. but it was a big arena. And I was, man, it was like Christmas Day for me because she is my biggest inspiration musically. Um, I'm highly influenced by her uh, writing and her vocals. Uh, she's why I love uh, country soul, why I love the, yeah. the, the, the runs and riffs that I do my voice. It's because of her. And she truly is an amazing person that over here in the States and worldwide, Carrie is such a given person. So, yeah, um, I just love her, you know. Well, just, like what you said, just what you were saying a second ago, you know, you were sitting close to the front, so it felt like you were singing, to, you know, she was singing to you. I think with Carrie, you know, you could be sat right at the back and you'd still feel the same way. Yes, sir. You know, yes, sir. One she, of those voices. Mm -hmm. Same with like Adele and Ed Sheeran, because I've seen Ed Sheeran here quite a few times. I've not seen Adele yet. But yeah, th those artists, they do have a a way of, you know, being able to communicate directly with you. And I do feel, you know, particularly with Carolina and Struck Gold, you know, you have that same connection. I always feel like he's oh, speaking you, directly man. to me. Thank you. That, that truly means a lot, because... That's what I, I try when I, not, and honestly, I say try because I'm a work in progress with my songwriting because I think we always get involved. And so for me, I love telling, I've, I've, since I was little, and my friends always joke with me because I, I like tall tales. <laughs> so I like, <laughs> yeah. I like making up stories. And so for me, it was like I told you when I first started writing songs, it was Mary had a little lamb. She was, and I said, man, this is like some rhyme, storybook rhyme crap. I got to get up out of this and start thinking real life. Yeah. And so I, I've created my own songwriting style, you know, my approach. Like I'll, I'll start with a warm up. Uh, I'll write five minutes just to uh, empty out my brain and just get all the crap out. And yeah. then I'll say, what do I, what, what is the motion I want to invoke? in this story I'm going to tell. And what's the point of view? And so I then allow my brain to go on a hunt to see if there's stories there or did I see someone in passing today on the bus or on the metro coming home and I want to tell their story through a song. And when I do that, I do that in a way that I have always admired in singers and songwriters in that they, when I feel like they're talking to me, and yeah. so that is the way that I embody this songwriting process every time. And if I read it and it sounds like shit, it's not going to help. 
<laughs> you know, it's not. I'll keep it in my book forever and a day, but I'm not going to let it go out to the world. Well, exactly. I mean, well, end of the day, if you don't like it, then how can you expect anybody else to like it? So There you go, my brother. So, there you know, you it's, plus if, you know, when you do absolutely blow up and you're doing these massive arena tours, you know, you've got to, you've got to sing that every single time. And if you don't like it, then how can you sing something yeah. you don't like? Yeah, and again, like I said earlier, it, it, it comes across uh, to the listener and your fans. Um, if you don't, they can feel the energy when you don't like a song that you're singing at a concert. And to me, and I've been to those concerts, and I'm like, man, dang, I wish he didn't have to sing that. I know he didn't write it, and he don't like it. Yeah. But his label, you know, probably imposed that on him, which is another thing I love about being an independent artist is nobody – tells me what to do yeah <laughs> and i just love that it allows me i can be as creative as i want and like i said i like stretching the limits yeah so that, i don't like to be confined that, that's it, and exactly. i feel like that's what happens mm -hmm. i say that all the time i mean people are like oh i can't wait till i get signed to a label and it's like well it's not everything being signed mm -hmm. to a label yes you get a nice big pot of money and they say okay then you've got this to do this and this to do this but you've got to write a song in a certain way or you've got to do this yeah. in a certain way or you know we'll take over your social media you know we'll engage with the fans for you and you just lose that that creative touch that independent touch and that's what yeah. you know being an independent artist that's the, like the main like flashing point like yes it is your stuff it's your socials it's your music it's your it's your life end of the day yeah yeah and you know, the craziest thing about this whole journey for me, because truthfully, this year has been my year of, hey, world, I'm Roger Dale and I sing country music. Because before everybody was like, I don't know no Roger Dale. Who? Yeah. I don't know him. And now it's kind of like hearing people say to me, uh, my little boy was singing um, your song struck gold the other day in the bathroom and, and uh, where I go home and my mom was like, they won't stop coming up at the grocery store talking about struck gold. I'm like <laughs> that was the first. And we have all these other songs that subsequently um, have been released and the same feel, the same vibe. You know, when I wrote Carolina was on a Saturday night, I was very much in my feelings. Um, I had drank a little too much whiskey. Which I, <laughs> as it was we a Saturday night. Yes, yeah, we, as one will do <laughs> on a Saturday <laughs> night. And I got into this emotional space where I said, I got to get this off my chest and it's going to be very personal and it's going to have remnants of love from my hometown, my, ch my first love. And so I didn't even know if anyone would relate to it. And the stories have been pretty compelling and made me get emotional. I'm like, that's crazy. You know, the power of music from one to another and, and how we can find similarities is just mind-blowing. That's exactly. It, it's the interpretation it of music as well. Yeah, it is. And it's, it's again, all the artists that I've, I've been mentioning during our, our talk, those artists always, always resonate with me because they moved me. And they moved me from the first time I heard them and every time they deliver. And so finding consistency, that is the key to artistry, in my opinion, especially in this realm 
where we have all of you have such a variety of voices yeah and creative creatives um and so just being consistent that's what i always want to be you know no matter when i get signed if i get signed it doesn't matter to me because i love the creative space that i'm in with music and being an independent artist it allows you so much flexibility and freedom that i keep telling my you know my friends hey enjoy the ride exactly. you know don't yes. rush it don't rush it. Exactly. I mean, that, that's what it's yeah. about, enjoying life. And, yeah. you know, it's not the be-all and end-all to be signed. Yes, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you just got to enjoy writing the music and creating the music and being in the situation where you can perform the music. I mean, that's COVID, right. COVID's, you know, giving us all the kick up the ass that we all need, saying, okay, then this is how much you miss going out to gigs. Next time you go out, enjoy it. Really enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly be in that place when you get to go, right? Because with artists, I think uh, as a whole in the community, what COVID has um, done is forced us to look inside more, right? Like what do, what is it that you miss about live performances? What is it about that, that touch with, that connection with your fans that you miss? And when you get it back, you're going to cherish it more because Man, it sucks, and especially for me, uh, performing is my outlet from like it, it is for me therapeutic because my job can be stressful, and so now performance like I go to a completely different place, like yeah, away from everything, and um, I, that's what I love most about live performances, and, I, and that's what I'm looking forward to more than anything in 2021 if we continue to do the right thing, uh, you know, over here with them wearing our mask. That is the most essential basic thing to do but yet over here it behooves some people um (laughs) they want to make arguments of it and i'm like no my friend it's no argument put the mask on or stay in bed exactly don't come outside it's not hard it's selfish thank god (laughs) it's selfish and it is honestly um embarrassing to uh, uh, to me as an american i'm telling you i said every day I'll turn the news on for like five minutes and I'm like, nope, I'm going to listen to music. I got to stay positive. <laughs> I mean, the news, no. has been, the news has been so helpful. I mean, particularly here in the UK where we've been going through, we've got something called tiers now. So in certain like postal areas, there's, um, if you're in like a tier one or tier two, it means there's not many cases oh, and you can still okay. do certain activities like going for a drink or go for a meal. And if you're on like tier three or four, it's more of a lockdown. So you've got limited chance to go out and spread. So the higher the cases, the higher the Mm. tier you're in. And when you still see people walking around the street, I mean, just walking around the street, going to a shop and they haven't got a mask on, you just think, what? What are you doing? Just that's here in the UK. And, you know, there's obviously the UK is a lot smaller than the US. But yeah. it's still the same, you know, it's still the same people, it's still the same lives. And like I say, it's selfish because you're not only just affecting yourself, you're affecting, if, you, if you're if you a carrier and you don't know about it and you pass it to someone else and then they pass it on to someone else, it gets worse and worse and worse. And it's just yeah. common sense. Common sense, man. I say that all the time. And I say <laughs> that, for, and I'm an attorney and we forget common sense a whole lot. Uh, we do. <laughs> Right. Because when I was in law school, my professor, they would he would pose us this question and we're all stumped and we look around like, <laughs> did we did I not read something? And, and, and she'll say, take your log cap off 
and put your common sense on. Yeah. Well, my friends, leave the common sense cap on until we are completely past this. You know, what blows my mind is the fact that we have vaccines. We're trying to get them into your arm as quickly as we can, but we ain't moving fast enough for some of the fools over here that, like you just said, want to take their mask off and walk in the grocery stores or walk into department stores or coffee shops and get mad when they're asked to get out, yeah, why you're dumb? You're you're not. You're, I won't call them dumb, but when there's a sign on the door, and even <laughs> if you can't read, there is a face with a mask on. Yeah, you don't have to be able to read to know what that means, my friend. So you know, I'm. We are at a place over here, and I live right outside. DC is completely uh, on what you would you guys would be considered level four. Yeah. There's no outside dining now. Everything is shutting down, um, and it's starting to happen in the North Virginia area. And down south, their numbers are spiking. Like Nashville, around Tennessee, their numbers are crazy. And it is just uh, – it, it, and I think that people are starting to get lazy because they know the vaccine is coming to them eventually. Yes. But that's not going to help when you get lazy now. Like It's, it's kind of like you finally solved that math problem that you've been working on for <laughs> God knows how long. And you, you solved it before you can write your explanation for, to your professor. You're like, I'm going to just stop here. Yeah. There ain't no need. But part of your grade was you got to explain how you got the answer. And you lose out on marks. Exactly. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's not even that as well. I mean, yes, the vaccine's coming. Yes, you know, people are going to get lax because people do. But even when yeah. you do have the vaccine you still can carry the virus. You can still, even if it doesn't affect you personally, and it goes back to being that selfish. You know, you could still yeah. pass it to somebody who hasn't had the chance to have the vaccine yet. And, you know, just yep. because you've got a vaccine doesn't mean you can stop wearing a mask or stop sanitising your hands or, you know, staying six feet apart. You know, it's, yeah. it's about being generous to everybody else and being loving as well. Yeah, it is. And, you know, um, it's it's wild uh, because a few times I've been out at the grocery store or even at Starbucks picking up some coffee and I'm standing there and, you know, I'm not rude. I'm a very nice guy, but I feel that in this climate, you know, I'm very serious about if you get close to my personal space. This was even before COVID. Yeah, I'm already like, yo, step back, man. Um, But now it's six feet apart. When someone gets too close, I'm literally like six feet apart, please. And they're looking at me like, God, rude. <laughs> no, I'm trying to. Too right. <laughs> you do, you do right though. You know, so, I know some people aren't, you know, they're very introverts and they can't speak out. You know, I'd get that. But still, you know, it's about self-preservation at the end as well. You know, preserve, yep. preserving life mm-hmm. and preserving your family and your friends and, Oh, I could I could keep arguing until my face is blue in the face and oh, people still won't listen. Know. <laughs> you know, it, they won't. And what I've, I've been saying, and that's what I continue, is I, I'm going to surround myself with positivity, you know, yeah, moving into exactly. the new year. Be, be hopeful because, um, again, I, I'm doing my part and I'm going to continue to do my part. And every time I get a chance, you, if you watch my virtual shows, I'm always finding a way to say, you know, mask it or casket. Yeah. It's a very easy choice, friends. Yeah. So um, that's where we end it. And we go into 2021 with hope that we'll get back to a normal or some type of normalcy. Um, and then um, we can be all thankful for it. And we get to see each other and hang out and 
shoot the breeze, have a drink, yeah. and somebody pull out a guitar and let me sing. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's about. Getting by a campfire and having some smalls and just having a good old sing song together. Man, yeah. I miss that. You know, this was the first Christmas I went home. We didn't get to do um, a bonfire. Like oh, we no. always do a bonfire with my brothers and cousins and nephews and nieces. And we didn't get to this year. So it was pretty, I did get a little sad because it's, we get around and we just sing and nobody, we, I sing acapella a lot. That's because when I hang out with my friends, we sing acapella around the campfire, <laughs> man. And the more we drink, we're like, you remember that one song? Roger started off and I'm like, well, I don't mind if I do, friend. And then we all just join in. And <laughs> that's what I, it's about. I mean, that's, the, yeah. That's the and memories. That's what I want to get back, back to. So growing up then, what was like your go-to karaoke songs? Karaoke, my go-to was always Garth Brooks. Um, Neon Moon was one of my favorite go to. Yes. Those guys, that was my first concert. Really? In life. Mm-hmm. That's like the ultimate concert to save the first. amazing. It was, I know, and how that happened was my dad, um, I would go stay with my daddy on, in the summertime because um, my parents um, separated when I was in grade school, and I would go stay with my daddy every summer. And he had an extra ticket because one of his friends had backed out and he knew how much I love country music. And um, I knew uh, Brooks and Dunn. I was like, oh, my God. But then when <laughs> I got there, I, I never heard of Keith Urban. Keith Urban opened up for him, <gasps> for those guys. No. And Toby Keith. And Toby Keith was there. And I didn't know Toby Keith. So my mind was blown by the time uh, Brooks and Dunn took the stage. I was like, Damn. this is amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, um, that was my that that was probably uh, all their songs uh, go, go tos for me. Uh, Rascal Flats for a bit, and um, but now that I've kind of gotten to you know back into music and my groove, uh, my go to songs definitely artist wise is uh, Chris Stapleton, uh, Luke Combs, and Carrie Underwood. Those yeah. three artists I always work into a set sometimes multiple songs of theirs because they fit my vocal range and they allow me to um, do what I want to do soulfully with my runs. I mean, Chris Thurpleton, you know, when you talk about soul. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> that I mean, man. Wow. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's amazing to think that, you know, a few years ago, no one knew of him or they, they did. They just didn't know how profoundly amazing he was he is uh because he was with a band yeah. for a bit but i've been writing songs for god knows how long and um that when he uh, redid that george jones song tennessee whiskey it was like wildfire mic drop just explosion yep. just everything <laughs> just yep it was that was it and uh, i saw him in concert two years ago have you if you get a have you seen him i've not seen him live yet i so want to he needs to come to the uk and or i need to yeah. go to nashville yeah because he he is sensational and um when i watched him live his uh wife she's a singer as well she opened up for him didn't even know she could sing. Yeah. I almost fell out. And now they have a song out that's a, it recently went number one. And um, it's just hearing him sing is essentially why I wanted to come back to music, to be honest with you. Uh, I'd heard Whiskey and You, um, and everyone knows Tennessee Whiskey, but Whiskey and You, when I heard that, I yeah. said, I got I to gotta gotta get this singing thing back up and going. 
because something in my soul's calling. Thank you, Chris. I mean, it's, and it was he's so inspiring. He's just yeah, yeah beyond you know inspiring. And I've I was spending quite a lot of time going through your um, Instagram videos, particularly the Instagram lives that you do, and listen to you go through each each cover that you do. You don't just nail it; you put your own twist on it as well, and take it like beyond its extremes. I love doing that. I, I, I always say, and I think because I'm just so, I like to be vulnerable in my creative space. Yeah. Because I feel like when you're vulnerable and you allow yourself to be comfortable, you you then can convey the emotions you need in what you're saying. And so I listen to every song over and over and over. And because I ha, it has to click with me or I won't, won't sing it. Yeah, And I won't um, because I don't want to be identical because I want to pay respect and give thanks to the artist that created the song when I do a cover. But I don't want you to sit there and be like, sounds just like Chris. Because I want you to say, that's Roger Dale. I know that twang and I know that sound when yeah. I hear it. That's Roger Dale. <laughs> and that, that's the great and, thing with your own music as well, you know, particularly like Carolina and Struck Gold, you know, in particular, because you can really really hear that twang you can hear that you know carolina roots love it love it i mean particularly i've always had it because here in the uk we've got different accents and obviously when you move to a different city particularly whether you go up north or go down south you know you can your accent can kind of change you haven't mm-hmm. you've still got your your original yeah. roots you haven't lost it <laughs> I have a, and um, I have a, and I, and because I, I, I haven't tried. It's, it's, it's who I am. I'm proud of who I am. I've always been proud of who I am. I don't try to fit in. I don't try to change my voice. I don't try to change my mannerisms. Yeah. Anything. And um, I'm bringing that same thing to country music. And and, and I said a lot. I'm I'm inspired by so many big, big artists. And it's not that I want to be like them. They just inspire me because they're go-getters and they are determined. You know, we, every artist that you and I have mentioned today um, doing our, our, our conversation, they started off with a vision and it was hard for them along the way. You know, like some of the artists that I love were on the cusp of giving up, but the love and the sheer passion said, no, keep going. Yeah. And it happens. And it happens. Exactly. And it continues to happen as long as you allow yourself to be vulnerable and allow your creative juices to flow freely. Like you said earlier, being forced to write a song a certain way because it fits the mold or a marketing um, scheme for a record label does not appeal to me. And it does not appeal to me because uh, you can't buy me like that. And the same with being an attorney. When I was a litigator, you know, we hear about shysty things happening in the legal sector. No one ever presented me with such because they know of my integrity and my name. Don't present me with foolishness because I'll call you out and embarrass you for that. And so... Hey, I'm not going to change my sound or what I'm trying to say to fit a record label. And so, like you said, you know, you have artists like, man, I can't wait to get signed. That's beautiful. And you need, you want that financial backing, but you also want to keep your integrity and remind yourself, why is it that I started doing this in the first place? Yeah. So you never lose that vision. Because when you lose that vision, I think you start losing your calling and, and your fans as well, because they kind of, they will fall off. They're like, I don't even know him anymore. What happened, Raj? And I don't know, man. 
Exactly. I mean, I don't want to do that. Sometimes all it shows, you know, all you've got to have is that determination. Now we were talking about Chris Stapleton and I remember listening to the Bobby Bones show and he, he kept bringing in Chris Stapleton and everyone was like, why are you bringing this guy in? Nobody knows him, but he kept getting requested. So Bobby kept bringing him in and bringing him in. And even the show producers were like, why are you bringing him in? Nobody, nobody knows who he is. And the next thing you know, he blows up to this to be Chris Stapleton. And then there's yeah. other artists like, you know, I think it was Chris Jansen. He's, I think he's either one with like six kids. Oh, I can't remember. And, Ooh. you know, it just shows, um, there's, there's artists out there that have nothing. They have, you know, they're barely struggling with cars they have and, you know, having day-to-day lives and they still go out mm-hmm. and push the music, still push it out there. And, you know, it's that determination. It's about being able to, force yourself to say okay then i'm not giving up it's strength of character yeah it is and that essentially is what was the motivating factor for me to to use social media in the way that i did this year because i again lost all the gigs that i had lined up because of covid and i said look I gotta keep this. I gotta keep this moving because uh, I'm I'm too. I'm got this. I have this juice, and I gotta get this creative stuff out. And so um, I was talking to my friend Adam. He's also we we co-write a lot together. He wrote Struck Gold. Really he's an amazing songwriter. Yeah, he's an amazing songwriter. We've we both found our passion around. We we all we had this passion a while ago. Yeah, but we both went into the professional um, our professional routes, and but we we're looking. You know, about two years ago, like man, we gotta we're getting stuck and what is it that we need to bring ourselves out and earlier this year i said you want to start writing songs i've been writing for about a year and he was like you know i love writing poetry let's do it um and so he's the one told me he's like roger you why don't you just do um start something like saturday singing sessions with roger dale and that's what i start that's what i started in may and every saturday i would pick three covers and then i would ask people to pick covers for me and that really is what catapulted me to get comfortable enough to release music. It really was to keep the keep it moving. And um, I would get such great feedback. And so I keep saying it and I can't express it enough to everybody. Be very supportive over your creative friends right now, especially during COVID. You know, yeah. Support them if you can uh, by purchasing if they have items for sale, if they're artists, their artwork. Um, even if it's just uh, sharing it on your social media platform, that means a lot. Yeah. Um, and that gives us the the extra push that we need right now because it it's easy to get a little stagnant because of COVID. But mm-hmm. it's so beautiful to have people that sometimes you don't even know just sharing your material, saying go check out you know Don, he's the man. You, you know things like that really go a long way in these type of situations and. I just I keep encouraging people and I want to continue to do that. And I say it every time I go live because it's all about building up the community um, because we're all collectives. Well, and that's it. That's everybody exactly. wasn't independent at one time. Right. I mean, you know, it's silly, you know, very simple things, you know, on Spotify, follow, you know, share, you know, like Facebook yeah, posts, man. like Twitter posts. Yeah. You know, it's about organizing the algorithm and, you know, helping artists push themselves now you know we've got friends that have like independent coffee shops and you know they have their own businesses and yeah. you, you go support them you know what yeah. about your friends in the music you know support them as well and you know yeah. a, a simple thing as well you know i'm just on your merch site right now and for one of, one of your caps it's 20 dollars for here in the uk that's like 15 pounds 
It's so cheap. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. something as cheap as that, you know, it supports you because that money goes to you. Yeah. And I mean, and like you said, just sharing, you know, uh, when a new song comes out from an artist, just share it. It, it. That's all. Just one share. You know, it goes a long way, man. And um, especially now, I, I realized that that I finally got a chance to be part of the community. Um, I, I, I feel that more now than I did before, because I've always been I love supporting and helping and, you know, philanthropy. That's one of my things, too. I work a lot with St. Jude. And I just always think that's part of life is, and again, I, I I do believe that we have to always, not just in COVID, we have to build each other up because you get what you put in. So yeah. you put in the energy that you want in return. That's and that's I'm my doing. rule. That's what I live by. You know, if um someone says, do you have a dollar to donate to this cause? If it's a cause that's bigger than you and you have a dollar in your pocket, don't be a selfish prick and, and keep that dollar because yeah. you're going to lose it. Exactly. No, exactly. What are we going to do? Piss it up against the wall. <laughs> so, um, get and drunk that's, and whiskey. That's, yeah, right. And, and, and that's about it. And there we go. But yeah, no, no, exactly. Because I was always brought up with the same saying you know, you get out what you put in. You know, if you put in a lot of effort, you'll get a lot of reward back. And that's something my dad's yeah. always taught me. And, you know, karma. Karma's a bitch. You know, if you treat someone oh, with disrespect, yeah you'll get it 10 yeah. times back. If you treat somebody with love and kindness and sharing, you know, you'll get that back, you know, in one way or another. You will. Um, and uh, a great poet once <laughs> said, uh, karma's like a hoo-hoo. Yeah. And that, that poet's Lil Wayne. Yeah. He said in a rap, karma's like a hula hoop. And he that is one of the things that was, I, when I heard that lyric, I said, man, you ain't nothing but a truth-telling fool. Yeah. Because it exactly. is, you know, yeah, and I tell you, believing and what you what you put the the energy you put in the universe is saying I can do this. I can be a country singer. You manifest that. But then if you say, "Man, I I, I almost could think I could do this country singing thing," but I don't know. I'm a little nervous. I don't know if people's gonna like me. And then you already set yourself up for failure a bit. And exactly. that you've already put negative vibes in the ether. And, and so that's one thing. I, I even you, when I'm performing. I never uh, feel like I mess up. And I know I do because I'm human. But let me tell you, you won't ever sit on my face. Yeah. no, exactly. I'm going to smile right on through it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right on through it. Mm-mm. That's brilliant. <laughs> now, a brief That's my mantra. <laughs> oh, wow. I love it. You are the man. <laughs> now, I mentioned about like your cap on your merch site. I love your, I love your logos. I love everything, you know, particularly poster one and poster two. If you, if you don't know what I'm talking about, be sure to go to rogerdaleofficial.com and click on the merch tab because oh, I love it. The tote bags, different caps. Oh, I'm, I'm a, as you can tell, I'm a big sucker for caps. I love it. Yeah, man. And that the logo, I designed that um, myself um with a friend he's a graphic designer um and the feather because uh, i'm native american so it's part of my culture I, I wanted that to be part of my identity as an artist because we don't have a lot of native americans that get a chance to be on mainstream airwaves yeah um i've done my research there there's never been a native american signed to a major label in country music seriously um and it's not right. And it's not even like you said, it's not about labels for me. Uh, I can be independent forever and a day, to be honest with you, as long as I 
get revenue, which eventually comes, right, with your music streams and, and selling stuff. But for me, I'm on a mission now to bring that to a halt because we have some amazingly talented people in my tribe for sure. And so I'm one of over 500 tribes over here in this country. There is a lot of Native Americans out there that have voices, that have passion, they can write songs. They just need a chance. They need a break. And so for me, that is another thing that fuels my passion is knowing that I'm inspiring little Native kids out there to say, hey, tell your mom to get you a karaoke machine or a guitar and just let it go. Just, hey, have at it. Sing it and sing it and sing it until it gets perfect. It ain't going to be perfect the first time, probably the hundredth time. But if you keep at it and keep chipping away, it does. It, It really refines and I want to, you know, that's what I've been talking to my friends. Like, how do we reach out, do outreach to our own community uh, to build the um, build up the desire where kids like I want to go on social media and sing too, like Roger. That's what I want. I, yeah. I want them to be inspired and to give it a shot. And that way we can break the mold and say Native Americans could be singing country music. They could do pop. They can rap. I got yeah. friends that can rap back home. <laughs> so exactly. Let's go. You know, it doesn't matter. You know who you are, you know, whether you're, you know, black, white, Native American, American, yes. you know, British, Canadian, yeah. it doesn't matter, you know, it's it's about, you know, dedication, it's about the love, it's about that yes. pure passion to pursue the craft. It is. It's, and and that's it. for fighting. Yeah, I'm a key fighter. I'm, I've always been a fighter and I just love to help and just inspire because someone inspired me. And I think that's what it's all about is is giving back and yeah. um, paying it forward. For me, that's what it is. Um, someone took a chance on me and, and said, you know, you can sing. If you practice, you can be great. And I'm again. I am a work in progress. I think that we all are. And Aren't we all? We get better. Mm-hmm. We just get better and we evolve. Um, and and as an artist, that is what you essentially hope that your career does is that it allows you to evolve and become an even better person. Stretch the limits of your vocal abilities and your imagination when writing, because we don't want to hear the same storyline told over and over again. For real, yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, end of the day, you know, the only person that's holding you back is yourself. You know, if you don't yep. want it, everybody's, you know, at some point crap at doing something. You know, either somebody can't yeah. sing or they can't talk. You know, when I was growing up, I could barely talk. You know, I couldn't talk fluently. I couldn't talk for periods of time. And I would always get either out of breath or I'd just get confused with my words. And, you know, you just. If you keep at it, you know, you can develop yourself. You can get yourself out of whether it's a stammer or, you know, whether you're singing mm. out a key, you know, you, stuff like that you can learn. And, you know, yeah. the only person that's going to hold you back from perfecting yourself is you. You know, if mm. you're scared of doing something, just jump. Just go for the – go for, go for it. You know, there's nothing holding that's you back. That's it. That's it. You, you are holding yourself back because every – amazing artist like again i'll use him because he's one of my favorites ed when he um have you heard him when he first started singing yeah yeah (laughs) yeah and he said he even said that when his ted talk said go listen to me he said laugh you should but listen to where i am now and look at the hard work in between exactly and and the road the road to success people think it's like that it's not that thing yeah exactly it zigzags 
zigzag. Exactly. You know, and end of the day, it will zigzag, you know, because you've got to perfect yourself. You've got to push yourself to the mm-hmm. limit and you'll find that you push yourself too far and then you kind of ruin yourself a bit and you kind of lose the ear. And then it's about yeah. finding back where you was and then improving it, you know, taking that next step and then the next step and then the next step and being able mm-hmm. to say, you know what, I'm actually progressing and then look back and say, okay, then yes, I'm here now, but I was down here. Yes, it might have gone up yeah. and down, but at least I'm finishing on a high. Yes, sir. That is so true. And that right there, if I could, this is the last day of 2020, thank God. If <laughs> yes. I can sum up my year, it is exactly what you said, because I originally released um, Took Away My Heart by myself on YouTube. Um, I, I literally found a guy uh, that was doing a remote. To- I didn't know anything about recording studio stuff, by the way. Um, and he said, you buy a mic, we can make it work. I'm in Arizona. And I said, yeah, because we, we were on the cusp of already. COVID was about to just anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I did it all on my own. I said, hey, I just started taking vocal lessons about a year prior, and I said, I'm going to put it out there. If I get at least 500 people to view it on YouTube, then I'll then move forward and release more. And so that's what I did. Uh, Struck gold, then pieces, then Carolina, and then this morning, took away my heart, remastered is what I finally always wanted to do with that song. I went into the studio, had a session band, and the production compared to what it was when I first started this year shows all the growth. Yes. Literally, what you said summarizes my year. And I I sat last night for like an hour in tears listening to both songs just to hear the growth, not only in the production, but my artistry, because I'm finally feeling what I wanted when I decided to become a country singer. Like I always love country, but when I decided two years ago that this is what I want to do with the rest of my life, it's just amazing to feel and, and hear your own growth yeah. and to be able to sit and, and critique yourself, but in a very constructive way. That there is exactly the hardest thing to learn, to be able to it listen is. to yourself and say, you know yep. what? Yes, I do sound a bit crap, but this is how I can improve. At least you yep. know where to improve. Absolutely. That is hard. <laughs> and it, it is the hardest thing. And uh, my vocal teacher told me this. When I first started taking lessons two years ago, and I did it for like a month, I would always practice, do my vocal warm-ups for 15 minutes in the bathroom, staring at myself in the mirror. Yeah. Every day for 30 days because it allowed me to then hear my voice. And I, I, I can tell you, I know exactly, I could like a pinpoint where I mess up in any given live performance. And I can tell you how I went back to work on that one particular thing because I will, will get it right. Yeah, I will. I'll, I'll, I'll overdo it sometimes, but hey, I won't perform it until it's better. <laughs> well, that's that. I mean, it's about perfection and you know trying to improve yourself. Now, not everything will be perfect. There'll always be that's some right. little mess up, but knowing where you've messed yes. up and knowing how yeah. to improve yourself in the future, and then listening out for further mess ups, is about improving yourself. It's about teaching yourself how to just get better because not everybody is perfect to begin with nobody is perfect no you know there'll always be some i mean well carrie underwood is pretty perfect but dang near (laughs) dang near yes but yeah and it's it's the taking that 
mindset and knowing that you can always strive for perfection, but knowing nothing's ever perfect. Yeah. And not to, not to say that you're being a realist, that is reality. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that you can't imagine and you cannot strive for perfection. And we talk about Carrie Underwood. When she was when she decided to do that 360 tour and that stage was insane. Mm-hmm. That stage was insane. And and she had Maddie and Tay that opened up for her that I mean, you talk about I don't even know how, I can't even explain their harmony. But anyway. Oh, buddy they, and Tay are they, next level harmonies. God man, those women worked so hard because she 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 was discussing about how she was working uh, 10 hour days. She has a husband, she has a child. She was uh, pregnant mm-hmm. about to have another child, but she was still working. And the same for Beyonce. And again, people be like, dang, that was a perfect performance. Carrie always slays it. She's perfect. No, she is a hard, hard worker. Yeah. And <laughs> that that's what makes the difference. It really is. I mean, that they're exactly though. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure I heard an interview at one point uh, about, about six or seven months ago listening to Carrie Underwood speaking, and I'm sure she said that she'll keep going and going and going until she can hit every single note right in one run. If she has yep. to stop and then do another run, then yep. she knows she's messed up somewhere and she'll do it again, and she'll do it again until mm-hmm. she's got it nailed mm-hmm. on, and now she can. That is yes. dedication. Yes, it is. And you know what I... Um, I, I follow her um, practice patterns and that when I'm working on a song, like my vocal teacher will say, um, I want you to work on this Billie Eilish song. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> I, are you serious? And she's like, yeah, but yeah. put your own spin on it. So um, in learning a new song, if I start the first verse and I don't and the words are off, I start again. Yeah, I'll start again because that's how I memorize lyrics and I don't memorize them just to regurgitate. I have to memorize them to feel them so that when I'm singing it, I'm conveying what the artist wanted to convey because it's their song. Same way I hope one day somebody performs one of mine and they make me feel the way I felt when I wrote it or sang it. Um, And that is how I, I practice it. And so then when I load up the lyrics, the same thing that Carrie does. If I don't hear the note exactly right, I'll say start again, stop, start again. Let's do it again. And then if I do a full run and it sounds good, but I feel like there's something that I left on the table because I have this feel, uh, I'll say, let's do one more run. Don't stop me. Just let me let me go. And I'll leave that and we'll come back and we'll listen and say, well, look, that's there's a part right there. Let's go ahead and snip that and let's pull that together, whatever you guys <laughs> call it in the production world, and let's make that work. <laughs> exactly. It's about finding... <laughs> It's, it's about practice, practice, practice. You know, you can't just go in there, first run, say, yep, that's perfect, and then just walk away. You, nobody can do that. Nobody can just pick up a song straight away and say, yep, I'm happy with that. Because how, <laughs> how do you know you've hit the right notes or hit the right, <coughs> you know, the conveyance of the words, you know, getting the words out there in a certain tone or a certain pitch or a certain volume, you know, accentuating certain words to make something else mean something. You know, that that's mm-hmm. what singing's about. It's about telling the story, end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. And telling a story in a way that is profound. And when I say that, I mean, you want to make sure that somebody feels. Yeah. Somebody should feel when you finish singing a song, um, if it's done correctly. Exactly. And it's not always. And again, nobody's perfect, but that's that that should be what you're striving for. If you're singing in front of people and you want people to hear your music is you got to make them feel. 
we all want to feel that's the, that's what music does to us. Essentially is it makes us feel something, whether it's a memory that we wish we could forget, but we can't, mm-hmm. there's a, a lyric to connect to that or something we want in the future. There's a lyric for that somewhere, exactly. but we have to find a way to get that feeling. And so that's what we as creators have to do is, is, and that's what I always remind myself. And I love that part of the process. I mean, another, another great example, you know, we mentioned Maddie and Tay. If I put a tweet out yesterday, you know, I've only just discovered it, but they did a cover of Harry Styles' Watermelon Sugar. And I love Watermelon Sugar. I love Harry Styles, yeah, don't get me wrong. But their cover of it is just so out of this world. It is... I got to listen to it. It adds... I actually... Genu- I put this on the Twitter. I genuinely think that Maddie and Tay have made the song better. And I very, wow. I very rarely say that. I mean, Casey Musgraves was very close with Neon Moon uh, when they mm. did the reboot album. Yes. Um, yes. But yeah, Marion Tay, just next, they're special. next level. They're special. And their album is a press play album. It is. And I don't say that lightly because I, I, it's hard these days to get a press play album like you did back in the day. Yeah. But there's definitely, as I'm, I mean, I knew it was going to be a sensational album um, just because they are such great writers. Um, but I was highly impressed. I mean, when I got that album that whole weekend, it was on repeat, repeat, yeah. repeat, repeat. I've introduced it to all my friends. <laughs> yeah, I have. My friends like, man, I don't even like country music, but Roger got me listening to Maddie and Taylor. Mm. <laughs> People say that here in the UK all the time because they always think it's these Western, you know, you know, Backwood Creek and, you know, Gunslingers. Yeah. And it's not always about the outlaw it country. It's, I mean, look at Lady A. You know, Lady, yes, they're very mm-hmm. much in the pop world, but they still, yep. they still have that country element to it. And people love them. And they love them here yeah. in the UK and they just don't realise they're actually a country band. Yeah. It, and it's so uh, awesome, you know, to have this whole new um, landscape for where country music's going. The whole scene is so beautiful. Like, um, you know, know, seeing African-American artists finally getting notoriety in country music is so beautiful. And it really is, again, inspiring me as a Native American man to say, hey, I might not look like your, what you would say is the typical country artist, which what is that? Like you said, it's it's not as, yeah, and, and, and country music is all about storytelling. And as, you know, um, a social activist, that's kind of, and you'll hear it next year in some of the music I'm bringing out, bringing notoriety to serious issues. Like I wrote a song about complex PTSD. I wrote a song about domestic violence awareness that are going to be coming out next year or the artists that are going to do them for me. But these are things that I want to write about and I'm compelled to write about because they are things that plague our society, but we want to just brush them the rug or act as if it isn't here or, you know, someone is just, um, they're not PTSD. What's, what is that? You know, I've heard people say that. I'm like, yours, that is just so just, you, you have no feelings when you yeah. say something like that. So I think that it's beautiful that country music now have artists that are not afraid to push the social norm and sing about stuff. And and if it makes people feel uncomfortable, okay, so what then? What about other people that are the forgotten or they're pushed aside by society? How do you think they feel if you feel uncomfortable doing a song? Exactly. Let's go out and do work then. Exactly. You know, I'm, I'm loving you more and more as this chat goes on. I mean, I was already a massive fan of you before this, but damn, I can't wait to hear what you're bringing out. You know, songs about Peter. Can you tell? Can you tell us anything else about the songs that you're thinking of bringing out in 2021? 
Yes. Um, well, so I'm working on my EP album, my debut EP album. Yeah. And um, it's going to be a collect of five songs. Um, uh, two are in the pipeline. Um, one is they're both upbeat, right? Like um, I love singing about love. Yeah. I love singing about love and the ins and outs. So you know the good, oh, the bad, softy, and in between. Really, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll get it's going to be the same vibe that i was given this year with struck gold um meets pieces and so everything mm-hmm. all the uh, in between um a very um upbeat song dance song that i'm working on um it's called boys like me but it's not a, what you would typically think boys like me it's going to throw everybody for a spin the way uh, my friend and adam and i wrote this one Ooh. um and so i want to give it so that you can have some dancing but at the same time sit with a glass of wine and hit like hold on let me listen to that again what did roger just do to my brain yeah. wow i am going back to that and i just i did go through that roger i did let's Thank you. I, I went through that. Yeah. So that's, that's what, what I'm, I, I want. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah, is that's what, what we want. <laughs> and I'm doing a few singles that I wrote a song called Chasing Blue. And it's about uh, dealing with complex PTSD. Um, yeah. And if you know anyone that suffers uh, from PTSD or, you know, um, one of the things that that a therapist uh, and my friend told me this, and I won't say its name because it's you know it's a medical um, condition. But the therapist said when you feel like you're you're losing control or you you can't breathe, find something in a room that's blue because blue has a common effect on our brain. Yeah. And so I wrote this song called Chasing Blue, and um, I'm going to do that as a single release. And then I wrote a song. Um, the other side of happiness and it's about domestic violence. And, um, I, um, I'm, I think I have a female artist that's going to do it for me. Um, so those are the things I'm super excited about. And I'm, I'm working on writing my first Christmas song. Yeah. Ooh. Cause I love Christmas. <laughs> I yeah. love, I'm so sad that people are talking about taking down the decorations already. I mean, I've no. had my decorations up here since November and it's like, I don't want to take love them down it. yet. I love it. I know I have a, a like a small Christmas tree because I live in a one bedroom apartment right now, and just like the whole month was stressful work, but I played Christmas music oh oh the whole day yeah, and it just kept it. me happy. It <laughs> always gets Christmas. me happy. It always gets me up, you know upbeat, and even even the saddest Christmas songs. I mean, like Spaceman Came Traveling. You know, that's a very saddish, slowish yeah. song, and but it still gives you that Christmas vibes. It still yeah. makes you smile. And Absolutely. going back to what you said, you know the blue calming effect you know calming effect of the color blue that's one of the reasons why my wall's always blue and i presume it's one of the reasons why you like to wear blue t-shirts and jeans yeah yep i that is essentially it i love blue jeans i pretty much wear them all the time i don't like wearing dress clothes because i have been doing that for eight years in suits and i'm claustrophobic (laughs) (laughs) no i just don't like suits man i don't like suits and ties that's why i never you know i didn't think i was going to be an attorney i I really wanted to be a sports broadcaster but (laughs) that's something we all had to do (laughs) either a news broadcaster or a sports broadcaster it's so fascinating man um so yeah blue is and and also when uh my friend when i was and then i started doing some research on complex ptsd and it just was fascinating to see how a reference to a color has that type of common effect on the brain. We're like, you know, instant medicine cannot, but but a color can essentially pull someone out 
of a place that is becoming in, in their mind destructive and they don't have escape it and stuff. It's it's amazing. And so I wrote this song is it's it's all about that. It's all about that. And um, do you know the the um there's this song, it's really big and it's called Control. I don't know the artist's name. I think she's from Britain. Control. I don't wanna lose control. I don't know her name, but that song is dealing with um anxiety. And it, and it's is that no her name she's a new artist. Well she's a new artist. Yeah. I know Halsey's yeah. got yeah. a song called Control. Yeah. And this lady's name. Anyway, uh, that song is about anxiety. And when I first heard it, I had to listen to it twice. Because the way that, I don't know if she wrote it, but the production coupled with the writing is just insanely brilliant. Because, uh, I, I, you know, anxiety is another thing where you start losing your breath and you feel like you're on the edge of just falling off the earth. Um, and just kind of like finding a way to bring yourself out of that. And she, that song, she explores that. And I, I would say the song that I wrote for PTSD is a lot similar. And that's what I was exploring when I was writing it. Yeah. It is to bring awareness to it, bring awareness to that cause and, and letting people know, um, that, you know, that people that battle with PTSD, you know, be more empathetic and Zoe be Wees. more understanding. Yes, her. It took me a yes. took me a hot minute, but I got there. <laughs> <laughs> so good, and it's just the lyrics again are, are they're, they're amazing, and um, it's a great way for her to bring awareness to anxiety. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm just reading the lyrics now, and right early in the, this is the first line. Early in the morning, I get I still get a little bit nervous, fighting my anxiety constantly. I try to control it, even when mm. I know it's been forever. I can still feel the spin. Hurts when I remember, and I never want to feel it again. Just, that's poetry in itself. Yes. Yes, it is. It is, my friend. And when I when I heard that song, it, it stopped me in my tracks. And and I, I love, I'm a connoisseur of great music. I love a strong artist, a strong voice. But when lyrics can stop me in my tracks, and I'm like, wait a minute, I'm going to start that over. What did she just say? Yeah. Oh, it just, it's definitely one of those songs that will make you re-listen. I can't, yeah. I can't wait to give it a give it a spin. A yeah, you're going to love it. I've, I've pretty much been. I think I've played it ten to twenty times a day since I found it. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so good. Yeah. So we've got some songs coming out. What have you got a title for your debut EP yet? Not yet. Um, I'm working on one because um, that's such a big thing. But I. I have a few that I'm toying around with, but no, nothing has hit me, and I'm, it'll hit me. I'm just waiting on the right. I think, I think once I am able to record the first two songs and get a feel of um, the vibe a little more with the third one, because um, I mean they're all written um, two again on the pipeline for production, but the other three uh, I'm still refining a bit because i feel that with songs that i've selected to record myself i put them aside for a while and i'll come back to make sure that they're solid enough for me mm-hmm. for my liking to be comfortable enough to sing um and so that's kind of where I'm, I'm still at um with the title yeah it's something that, so of, of course because it's like 
phases and stages we all go through in relationships is what I'm conveying in my music on my debut EP. And yeah. again, it's uh, it's going to be all about love in some sort uh, of way. Uh, I think that's the common theme that you'll see in my EP. Yeah. Have you got a estimated time when you want to release it or yeah definitely um spring spring um, tentatively well i don't think um we were talking about maybe early spring but it may be the latter part because my goal is to have a video okay I, i've never had a video so it's time Ooh. for me to do a video Ooh. for y'all <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I work on a video with the lead-off single, which is going to be awesome. And um, so it's all around that, and I want to have it out in time for summer because um, praying that we get to do some type of outdoor venues next year and yeah. so I can have a lot of original material. My goal is to have 10 solid original songs by the time I get to go on the road and perform. That's good. I mean, that gives yeah. you a solid you know, back foot to push your own stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, and I still want to. I just love doing cover songs, man. I mean, like if you watch Kelly Clarkson, every concert, every venue she would stop at, she would have like this um, system in place where you could uh, uh, suggest a song for her to do, and right before the show, they'll pick one, and she'll practice with her band real quick, and it's like karaoke live. It's yeah. so cool, and. I'm all, I'm always gonna do cover songs because I just love I love cover songs because it allows me to show my voice in a different way, but also to relate to other artists and their lyrics because mm-hmm. I love brilliant writers. That's what it's about. It's about plus you know it's always great for the fans to have a bit of a a bit a bit of a mix up. You know you don't always have yeah. to play the same cover song. You can always just drop yeah. a little sprinkle in here and then a little chuck mm-hmm. in there and a, yeah, yeah keep on on the toes. And- and it's like you 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 were saying that uh, Maddie and Tay did a cover of Watermelon Sugar. Who would have thought? I you know. know? And, I was so surprised. It, it, it came up on my Spotify, and it was like, "That's huh? so cool, really." <laughs> so, and that's another thing I think I'm gonna do next year. Uh, honestly, man, is I want to try uh, songs that are outside of my comfort zone mm-hmm. to see because, again, let my voice be more vulnerable. Um, and I've already started exploring some songs. So, y'all, you can expect to hear some covers where you're like, wait a minute, is Roger really doing this electronic pop song? Yeah, I am. Get into it. Let's vibe. Let's get, let's dance. Let me, um, you know, let me see if I can, uh, <laughs> I want to, I want to, I want to send you it. Yeah, they did this. And when did they do this? I don't know. I just randomly came so- up. <laughs> Good, so for everybody good. listening right now, what I've just done is I've sent Roger the actual Spotify link to Maddie and Tay's Watermelon Sugar, and he's currently listening to it at the moment. So after the first first chorus, then verse, we'll get his opinion. Let's see what he thinks. I think you are right, dog. Okay. Are you there? Okay. I'm still here. Don't worry. Yes. Um... I love Harry Styles. Now, that boy can sing. That song <clears throat> was like it was written by them and for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah, Jesus. <laughs> what? I Come genuinely thought, on. oh, it's so crazy. <sighs> that is amazing. You know what? I want to perform that song now. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, you know, they can do anything. Um, it's just... Because they've got two slightly different tones to the voices as well. One's got like a softer, more hurt voice almost in that second verse. 
Just you know what's crazy? I was telling somebody when I was home last week for Christmas, Maddie and Tay, if you would not, if you didn't know better, you would think they're sisters because their harmonies are so tight. Mm-hmm. Only siblings harmony, only sibling harmonies are that tight. I mean that. And, and they are not, but they found something that is so uniquely special to their voices and the way they fuse together. It's just, it's, I've never heard anything like it. And the way um, Tay fits in the pocket with her harmony that she'll shoot up out of nowhere, she'll be like, oh, and she'll yep. just climb up and you're like, what? Where did that come from? Exactly. <laughs> that is it to a T. Um, Jeez, that was amazing. I just, I just, I had to share, you know, just then, because I wanted to get yes. your, I wanted to get your feedback on it. I wasn't sure if it was just blown. me that was going like proper fanboyish obsessive over Marion Taylor or something. No, you are right. You were essentially right. You were exactly right. Uh, Harry, I hope he shares this. Did he share it? Oh, I hope so. I don't, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know I where I've seen does. it. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's yeah. my one for the weekend. Thank you, friend. So yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm completely lost now. So we've got music out at the moment. We've got music coming in 2021. Yep. What are you most excited about for 2021? I'm most excited for honestly releasing an album, my EP. I've dream- I honestly have dreamed of this since I was young to, to put out music. And um, you know, I thought I was going to get to do it this year, and then um, it ended up. And I didn't know this, but thank God the producer I worked with this summer told me, he's like, you need to release singles because nobody knows you. Yeah. You can't release an album like, why didn't nobody buy my debut EP? <laughs> they didn't know you. So I'm looking most forward to uh, releasing my EP finally because I think it's just um, it's just the, the final cap of introducing me to the country music world and saying, hey, guys, here I am. Um, I have four singles from last year. I have this five track EP. Um, what you think? Book me. I, I, honestly, I just want to get booked and I want to do gigs. I, yeah. I want to gig. I want to do, I, I really want to do music festivals. And I'm looking forward to traveling again because I haven't been able to go anywhere this year except to Nashville once to, and to record. And um, I love traveling. So I'm looking forward to that. Once we get this vaccine um, into everyone and we have this under control, this COVID mess. Um, and uh, yeah, just share more music. I'm, I'm more excited about that than anything. Just share more music, um, writing more. I want to collab more uh, with other writers. Um, so I'm doing, you know, writing a circle um, six week course starting in January. Um, I want to become a better writer, even more um, deep, dig deeper into the stories yeah. when I'm, I'm conveying when I'm trying. So, that's what I'm looking forward to. And obviously to come to the UK. <laughs> we want to go to the UK. Me and my mom have, we want to go to the UK since I was a teenager. Yeah. I never got a chance to. Yeah, man. Uh, we, uh, I can't wait to go. Honestly, uh, the music just for the music. And I just want to be there for a week to explore everything music. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's but a- definitely, I'm definitely coming to the UK. And plus, since I, I'm, y'all find out y'all on this country thing, you love country music, you know I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got quite a few country music festivals here in the UK. We've got like Buckle and Boots and Dixie Fields and um, the Long Road See? Festival. We've got country to, uh, yep. country to Country. We've got Millport Festival. There's um, Carlisle Music Festival. There's just so many wow. country music festivals here in the UK now because it's just growing. It's brilliant. It's so amazing. It is. And hey, I can't wait to come perform my music because I know I'm going to get booked over there. Yeah, 
I'll um, I'll definitely try and share your name out as far as I can. I'll send you all the uh, different Thank festivals you. and try and get you get your name yeah, out there. Yeah, that would be awesome. Thank you. That would be beautiful. About. Thank you, man. It is. It is. I appreciate you so much. So to finally finish off the conversation, there's one more question I've got to ask, and it's always an important question. I don't know if you've okay. listened to my shows before, um, but it's, it's, a, it's a very pivotal question that everybody – it affects everybody. So okay. pineapple and pizza, is that a yes or a no for you? It is a um, – whatever makes you feel good. It doesn't work <laughs> for my taste buds. You know why? That's always the well, cop out answer. That's always the. Well, uh, also, I if you, you like my, it, my first my first job I was at pizza at a pizza joint, and yeah. um, that was a popular thing. Uh, I've never liked ham, but I love pineapples. So, um, I've tried it. It, it, it. It's weird things going on with my taste buds, and my brain <laughs> is like, this ain't gonna work for me. And plus, I'm vegetarian now, so. I can't do the ham at all. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So I'm just, I was a vegetarian for like a solid year yeah. um, a few years ago and liked it. And I started back about three, four months ago. Personal, just health wise. And yeah, I like no, no, it no. more. <laughs> hmm? I grew up on a farm, though, so... <laughs> I mean, you know, that that's... You know, my sister's vegetarian. I've got family that are vegan. You know, I'm personally a meat eater myself by choice, you know, because I, I enjoy the taste of meat. You know, please, mm. please, people out there, don't string me up because I've said that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know, it's... I'd, I'll never, ever, you know, judge people on their lifestyle choices, whether they want to drink no. alcohol or don't drink alcohol if they want to eat meat or don't eat meat if they choose to practice Christianity or choose to practice, you know, Islam mm. or whether it's going to be, you know, gay, LGBTQ, you know, mm. people be people, you know, people live their own lives and, you know, they have their own choices and I'll always, always, always respect that. Yes, Tom. And, you know, that's essentially it. Uh, again, I, I always say if you, you know who did it, said it best, Casey Musgrave, follow your arrow. Yeah, she said. She said, it, "Follow your arrow wherever it'll go." Exactly. Hey, if you kiss boy, lots of boys or girls, if that's something you're into, if you like pineapples on your pizza with ham, eat it and enjoy it, and put some Parmesan cheese on top. Oh yeah, you gotta have that Parmigiano. <laughs> yeah, well, you don't eat pizza. I won't eat pizza without it. <laughs> Thank you for coming on. It's been great chatting <laughs> with you. Thank you for having me. It's, I've enjoyed it so much. It's been a long time coming. Yes, and it was so worth the wait, man. This was awesome, Dom. Thank <laughs> you. I can't wait to have you on again in the future. We'll have to definitely organize Absolutely. some live streams or something. Yes. And um, Totally. Yeah, I, I can't wait for you to actually come to the UK and actually enjoy some music here as well because we've got great artists. Yes, and I know. Be, I can't so wait excited. for people to finally get to listen to your music as well. Yes, I can't either. And thank you for helping me get it out there. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming on. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And I'll see you all next time. Bye for now. Bye, y'all. That was the Country Chat Podcast. Join Dom next time for exclusive interviews, reviews, and general chit-chats on all things country music.